This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life, martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guests' grants into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo-yah. Well, we're going to interview Hans Bath, who's uh, basically the brains behind that really cool Volvo 1800 Scion we were talking about in the last episode. They're doing kind of a singer version of that. I think you guys will be interested in that. He also is the guy basically started Polestar for uh, Volvo, a lot of racing history. We'll get into some of the cool cars that are coming out, supercars and hypercars. First, there's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course, who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, Add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Get on the church, we got a mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Blah, 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 you. Welcome to CarCast, Madam Coral. It's uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, coming to us uh, via Skype. Turn it down, please. Thank you. How you doing, Matt? Uh, doing all right. Got a little bit of a cold, but I'll try to not make it sound disgusting on the, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Everyone's got something. I don't have anything, but Phil. Phil the Labrador, he's been booting all night, all day. Oh, God. Anyway, don't get me started. Today, uh, our guest is uh, Hans Bath. He is the guy. Well, we were talking about the P1800, the uh, Volvo, that they're going to do a kind of singer move on. We're talking about, I think, last show. And uh, he heard it, and he wants to come on and talk it up. Yeah, I got a chance to see that uh, car when they had a little media debut here and we were talking about it then and then uh, i thought it'd be great to have hans come in and tell his story so looking forward to chat with him yeah me too and uh as i said as, as we always discuss the sort of jumping off platform for cars i just just feel like the uh 73 chevelle is not a great platform to start from when it comes to doing a bitch in car but obviously the reason Singer's knocking it out of the park is is the platform is there. 
the 911. It's like one of the yeah. greatest shapes ever. But that Volvo P1800 is a cool little sports car that was always kind of gutless. A lot of people don't know the car. It's got a great little size and shape and scale to it. And in the right hands, that could be a really cool piece. And uh, I think we're going to talk to the guy whose hands that car was put in. Uh, or Hans, that car was uh, put yeah. in, as, as it were. Um, so there's there's that. There's the uh, crazy uh, prototype that uh, set the record at Goodwood at the hill climb that we were kind of the fan car that we're sort of interested in. Yeah, so we were getting into that, that McMurtry right um not to be confused with gordon murray right right and uh you know this is a startup company that we talked about um they put the company together around 2016 they made this car this prototype and it was track specific for the hill climb geared a certain way but now they're saying they do want to do a road going version of this car uh it won't be quite as crazy once you add license plates and street legal mirrors and some of the things that alter the arrow and stuff. And you got to gear it up for a little bit more street use. But the question was, what do you do with the fan? Because the fan just sucks up dirt off the street and blows it onto the cars all behind you. So right. the fan will be active in track mode. But the question is, will there be... A track mode that you can use on the street, like a lot of cars have today, and then a sort of a more refined or constrained version of a track mode that is geofenced. Like, will it be, will it, will it use a GPS to know that you're on a track and then only activate the fan when it's on the track? Or, or maybe there's the fan will be used in limited capacity on the street, not full capacity. And maybe there's some sort of filtration system or something. Cause I just don't see how you can run that fan. Certainly it's 120 decibels at, at full speed mm-hmm. and it blows a lot of crap out the back, <laughs> you know, just any dirt and debris on the street. So I just don't see you sit at a stop stoplight trying to drag race somebody down Ventura and going, Hey, but now it sounds like there's a jet engine going by and it's just blowing all kinds of crap behind you without some sort of filtration or something on it. But well, look, <clears> one <throat> would uh, you know one would think, but remember, driving up and down any street in Los Angeles at any given time, there's five Mexicans with leaf blowers just blowing a huge plume of shit that was all over the driveway or the sidewalk into the street in a cloud of dust. So maybe we're just used to it over here. Yeah, um, I guess so. But and look, they're the darling of Goodwood right now, setting the record. So it's, it's good to see, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that this company is saying, saying, you know, we're, we love the press. We love the attention. Now we're getting some orders. So we're going to make some more cars. Uh, I so, guess it was, I don't know who formerly held the record, maybe a F1 car or a GTP car, something something like that, you know. It was the oh, the Volkswagen, the electric one. Oh, the, the electric, crazy right. crazy prototype Volkswagen, yeah. Right. So now we're just going to have to have electric car <clears throat> records. And, uh, yeah, because I, I got to tell you, I've been driving around the uh, Tesla, I don't know what, with the gold wings. And uh, the yoke steering wheel. Um, the yoke steering yeah. wheel is cool, but it's not. 
it, it, it eliminates a huge part of my driving game, which is knee steering. Um, you cannot steer with your knee. Yeah. Now, it's not about steering. You know, it's not about going down a mountain road with your knee. It's about being on the 405 and at some point grabbing your phone and wanting to hit a hit a thing on your phone and the phone's in your right hand and you're pecking away with your left hand and that's where the knee clamps onto the steering wheel and keeps the car going straight. Um, yeah. Or in Dawson's case, uh, according to, who was it, Brian, I think, uh, he grabbed the steering wheel with his knee and ripped a bong load. That's a two-handed <laughs> operation there. That's uh, a with the yoke, there is no knee. There's just no, there's no way to, and you don't, you don't even know how often you are like, I'm driving in the car, I'm holding a coffee mug in my right hand. My left hand is on, on the wheel. But when the phone rings, I reach over to tap the phone and implement the knee steering, just the stabilizing at that point. Um, you have no idea how many times you take your hands off that wheel or both hands off that wheel. So, uh, and also the, the yoke, you know, I, I like, I'm a big fan of when I turn a car, I just let the steering unwind. You just kind of loosen your grip on the wheel and the wheel just unwinds as you're coming out of the turn. You can't do that with the yoke. It's just not, it's, it's it's a cool. Well, you can't kind of glide your fingers over it to, to right. Yeah, you know, when it's unwinding, you can't just kind of let go and. Yes, it's uh, it's cool, but it's not very practical. And as far as the like, well, you got more space when you climb in the car. It's just not really a thing. It's it wasn't a problem to begin with. I would I I would I would take this sort of half yoke like when i raced that trans am car and the sort of top part of the steering wheel was removed that's fine but the the bottom you just you know it's hard to it's hard to fix or it's hard to improve on the old school steering wheel all right so that's why we got the the flat bottom wheels right like we've got you know round up on the top a little flat on the bottom give you a little extra room to slide in underneath it but still is a arguably a, a, a circle with a flat spot. Um, all right. So we also see here that Red Bill, or sorry, Red Bull is building a hypercar. <clears throat> yeah. So what happened was is Aston Martin has been building this, uh, this crazy hypercar called the Valkyrie, which we're starting to see. It was at the Goodwood Hill climb and was at this, uh, this event recently. And it's just crazy over the top. They make a street version and a track version. But when the project started, it was Aston Martin and Red Bull developing this together. But then over the years, as this project went along, Aston Martin on a corporate level made some changes and ended up partnering with Mercedes and uh, AMG. So Aston Martin finished the project, the Valkyrie. But now the Red Bull team is saying, those engineers are going, well, we kind of have some unfinished business. We didn't get to finish our Valkyrie. We, you know, because things changed. So they 
Red Bull now, Red Bull Advanced Technologies, RBAT, is saying that uh, they want to do their version of of that. So they want to come up with uh, basically like a street version of an F1 car. They want to be able to take all of this technology that they've been developing for F1 and are no longer able to use and put it into a street car. They're talking about um, uh, uh, active suspension, carbon fiber tub, side skirts, ground effects tunnels, uh, diffuser technology, hybrid energy recovery systems. And uh, they want to put all this stuff into a streetcar. They think they can do 1,250 horsepower. They want to make about 50 cars, but they're going to be priced at about $6.1 million each. (laughs) All right. A little on the high end. So to give you some reference. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, real quick, the Valkyrie and the Gordon Murray T50, those are priced at about $3 million each. Yeah, that Gordon Murray car is cool. And a Valkyrie school too, but I, I think I'd yeah, go Gordon Murray. Cool uh, all right, Hans Bath is, uh, I think, ready to go. He, okay. as we discussed, has that uh, Volvo 1800. Hans, are you with us? Yes, now I am. Yes, where where are you coming from? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yes. We can. Um, Beautiful. I'm Adam. That's Matt, who you're speaking to. Uh, Hello. Where are you right now? In Burbank, L.A. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were in Sweden or something. Uh, good. What about you? Yeah, we're not too far apart. <laughs> yeah, we're nearby. All right. How far? Oh, three miles. Well, he's in Burbank as well, but okay. Uh, okay. but I think he, uh, he he meant where where you where you from normally? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm from Sweden. Um, so uh, Hans, let's talk about this this car. We were talking about it in the last episode just because it it caught our eye. How how? Give us the specs on the car, and then let's talk about the genesis of why you decided on this model. Okay. Uh, the Volvo P1800 Cyan is what you today call a resto mod. Either, although, although resto mods can be almost anything, but it is a Volvo uh, P1800 from 1964. Based on that, um, perhaps 20% of the steel chassis remain. Uh, all other steel is new. The whole body shell is carbon fiber. It has uh, bespoke uh, chassis like double wishbones, front and rear, and, and lean stampers, um, AP racing brakes. Uh, so it's it's very close to a, a new car, but it's it's uh, it's homologated as a modified car in Europe. What's the power plant? Power plant is based on. Um, Sounds a little bit boring when you start because it's it's based on the one and only the engine you can get if you buy a modern Volvo today. But it's the same engine that brought us the first world title in the WTCC in 2017. So the block and the cylinder head is is um, Volvo, and uh, most of the internals are our design, bespoke for the car. So it's 420 horsepower, two liter turbo. Yeah, so a high uh what yeah, does yeah. Big what power. What's the red line? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's also an, an important part because this is this the idea with this car is to resemble the 60s. So it's it's uh, it's very analog in all its senses and also the engine although it's a based on a modern turbo engine it's 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 calibrated to de- deliver uh, power linear with the revs uh, so you get peak power at 7000 and uh, and um, uh, redline is 77 so um, it's a car you drive um, as you would punish a, a P1800 from 1964 but it delivers four times more horsepower. Did they uh, just do that vehicle for one year? No, no. Uh, it was, it was uh, launched in 61. Same date, same place as the E-Type. Uh, and uh, it was produced until 73. So approximately 50,000 cars were built. Yeah, I thought... Yeah, so I didn't... sourcing an original car to start with is not that big of a deal. That's no deal at all. Okay, and especially good. since we cut away almost the whole car. It can be, for the purists, it can be a car beyond rescue. I uh, The reason I said that, and I've seen many of them, and I assumed it wasn't just one year, but you said yours is based on a 64. So yeah, I didn't know what was correct. different about that. Yeah, okay, uh, there is a little bit of difference, and we, we haven't... Because the first the car is designed in Italy by a Swede, uh, and the first two or three model years uh, are are uh, the body shells are made in England, uh, and they are maybe a Volvo P eighteen hundred fan is listening to this, but but the body shells from that period are kind of different sizes so um, we haven't yet built on one of those because they are a little bit yeah is uh the measurements aren't perfect if you say so has uh, singer opened up this world to the notion of people paying a premium for cars that are done right that are essentially being repurposed from from you know a bygone era because i feel like you know, it w- it would have been a very tough sell pre-Singer, and especially the values of Singers now, you know, continuing to rise after the purchase price. Because, you know, people would have went, hey, for, for 700K, I can get any, any Ferrari I want, or just about any Ferrari I want. But Singers kind of let people know that, no, this is this is different, and there's value here. I mean, there are tons of answers to, to that question. But to start with the first one, that's um, uh, all credit to Singer. Uh, these guys did some... I mean, a rest mod is nothing new. It's been forever, I think. But uh, Re- Singer made something, created some kind of acceptance on that you actually can invest in building, as you said, made cars that are made right. Uh, and uh, we should be lying if if we said that Singer hasn't inspired us. Singer has been sort of absolutely not the, in terms of our product and their product. That like they would be comparable because that's a backdated car. Now ours is a very vintage car that is almost completely remade. But I think it's very much up to Singer that that uh, there is a market today. 
And what's the for pro- these kind of cars? What's the process? People order it, put a deposit down. What's the lead time? Yeah. Pick out the interior, exterior colors and fabrics, and and the standard fare. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, either you get yourself a P eighteen hundred, or we source one for you. Uh, it is a commission, so so you own the car, uh, and we we perform the all the job. Uh, lead time is a year approximately, and uh, this far we're a, sort of dipping a toe in the water, so we we can produce one car per month uh, with the setup we have currently. And you just uh, we we have a very tight dialogue. Uh, the car, the, the car is designed to be able to set up in in uh, very many directions. Obviously, colors, interior, seats, belts. If you want a roll cage or not, all these things. That's up to you, really. But also the 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 driving characteristics of the car is very much up to the client. Not only how much horsepower, but you want, but also where you want the 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 torque. The car that has been up and down the the valley roads here in in LA for a couple of weeks now, it's 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 calibrated for that. So it's um, it's not it's not fast on the track, but it's it's really fun and and makes you confident, you know, in traffic, in you know, a little bit inspired driving through a canyon road. You've got tires that 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 are progressive, so you don't you you it's not nervous as many cars. You mentioned Ferraris before, there are other supercars that that are almost intimidating if you push them. This car is just your friend. It's built for happiness, happiness uh, in terms of driving. And then, I mean, everything is... So So if you start with the original car, it's 990, 990 kilos. For us in Europe, it's about uh, uh, under a ton. That is important, under 1,000 kilos, which is about one, 2,100 pounds, I think. But uh, then, of course... If you want the AC, if you want other seats and so forth, uh, make it. Make, it's quite loud as it is now. If you want it more silent, then you add some insulation and things like that. So, so the base car is is built to be able to to tailor it exactly to fit your likings. Where is it manufactured? In Mölndal, Gothenburg, Sweden, like. 15 minutes from Volvo cars. Did you uh, do a little rally driving back in the day? Me personally? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, I still do. I'm uh, 55, but uh, still in the Swedish national championship with an M3. So um, I think cars for me, it's, uh, people say they are, I, I think it's it's a part of life, really. It's, I'm not passionate. It's, it's just I can't get rid of it. So do that. Hans, Adam and I were talking about there's a, a handful of companies that are getting into this high-end Restomod game. Um, not everybody should do it. There's, you, you know, you got to be kind of the right team with the right car. And uh, when you and I first met at, at the event in L.A. and we had a conversation about your background, Polestar, um, maybe you can elaborate on that because if you're going to do uh, a Volvo Restamon like this, um, it turns out you guys probably are the best ones to do it. Can you explain the background, like with Polestar and the history there? Um, 
I mean, that's up to somebody else to judge if we are the, the ones. But uh, I mean, we, we spent uh, much is it now? We, we, yeah, relationship to Volvo started in 1996 to race with other race uh, to race with race cars that were built by other teams like TWR from Walking Show Racing, uh, known from Formula One. And uh, Pro Drive in England, the Subarus and many other, actually coming up with their own uh, rest of this week. The the you might have seen it at Goodwood, but uh, yeah, we've been Volvo's factory team since between '96 and 2017. Seventeen, we won our first world title, and um, after that. Uh, we swapped to another brand in the Geely. Geely is owning Volvo today, so we swapped to another brand. But so we spent, is it 21 years with Volvo? And during that time, we also started a company called Polestar uh, that Volvo bought from us in 2015. And I think uh, all, all other comparisons aside, but uh, you could say it's like a BMW Alpina. We, we, we built cars in Volvo's factory with sort of our design in terms of chassis, uh, engine performance, and things like that. Uh, and these cars were sold throughout four years in our hands before Volvo bought that. So we have been very close to Volvo for a long time um, and uh, obviously learned quite a lot about, about the cars, and particularly this engine. When you say a four-cylinder turbo based on a modern engine, that might sound a little bit, you know, can I say boring, but I can assure you when you drive it, your smile goes up with the revs. So, but, but also the history we have that with that engine. Uh, we started developing that for racing in 2011, 10, in, in 2010, and raced it for the first time in the WTCC in 2011. And that was four years before the engine went into production. So we've been working with that engine for many, many years. And all our five world titles is with that engine. And also a little bit of, if you're a car enthusiast, uh, the head of powertrain at Volvo during this time is a, is a, is a guy called Derek Crabb. Uh, and his history goes back to Colin Chapman at Lotus. So it a little bit closes the loop where, where this is his brainchild before he, reti- he retired. So this engine have, if you want, some kind of relationship back to old Lotuses, which is small engine, lightweight, um, high revs, a lot of grunt. Yeah, so, we, yeah. we... I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah. We're fans of the four bangers around here because I have a few Datsun 510s and Datsun 2000 Roadsters. And, you know, the 510 is really a fun car to drive on a track it because you have to ring it out. You know, you really have to get, you have to drive it to its sort of maximum potential. Otherwise there'll be nothing. I mean, if if you, if you did a race in a Datsun 510 and you should be shifting at 8,000 and you shift at 76,000, you'll just fall right off right off the pace. It's really that kind of car. And I I think 
most guys who race those cars really appreciate that aspect of it. That that part where yeah, it it doesn't seem like a lot of horsepower or even a lot of displacement, but you have to drive it, and because it doesn't have a lot of displacement, you have to drive it in such a way that is very very spirited. So, uh, how many? How do you, you have pre-orders um, and you? Uh, how many units do you expect to put out? I know you said uh, one, one, some one a month right now. Five years from now, what what are your projections? Uh, there is no business plan. Uh, we, Good. <laughs> well, it Good. means you're it passionate. Means <laughs> Look, it means you're but passionate I mean, about it. it. Yeah, and the, I mean the the the, the product started to celebrate the, the 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 Sweden's ours and Volvo's first world title, uh, and and you can't just you can't just I mean obviously you can you can come up with a business plan. Sometimes I say that strategy that's something that you that you you write down and tell people when you know where you ended up. Right, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean. The market will decide, obviously, how many cars that that will be uh, sold. Uh, from a technical perspective, uh, the tooling made for the the carbon fiber body shell, the windows, uh, things like that. That that's for one hundred cars, uh, and obviously that could be more done, uh, more made. But um, um, we just don't know. The, uh, uh, the... We're taking the car to the quail. Okay. This this in august and yeah. um, let's see what happens there yeah yeah we'll see you at the quail first u.s car is, is sorry sorry yeah um yeah let's do that the uh i've seen uh i've seen quite a few polestar electric cars cruising around uh los angeles uh i don't know how they're doing numbers wise but they seem pretty popular at least in l.a Yeah, I mean, um, I should not be speaking uh, about car- the current Polestar. Um, it was actually listed on Nasdaq last week. Uh, but it's the same company that I was used to be managing director for. So it's it's really nice to see. But it's a, it's a completely different company to, I think there are 1,500 employees and we were 15. So <laughs> it's a bit of a difference. Yeah, so Volvo took the Polestar company that you guys had and it went from being sort of this high performance tuner within the Volvo brand. And then Volvo decided to spin it off as their pure play EV company. So that's how the name has evolved, uh, you know, <clears throat> and so just some confusion because, you know, like you said, not, not too many years ago, we would see, you know, a Volvo and then you can get the Polestar edition, which is sort of just, you know, the hotter version, the high performance tuned version of that card, like you said, that you guys were doing on the assembly line at Volvo at the time, kind of way Alpino is with with BMW. But uh, Volvo just decided to use that name as for something else. So once it acquired the company and the, the rights to that name, that's it was a little confusing for us as well. Uh, a few years back when we saw Polestar show up at Pebble Beach on the lawn and the concept lawn and stuff, and there was a booth there, and we're like, isn't that Volvo? And then they're like, no, we're our own company now. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't tell anybody at Volvo. <laughs> you didn't tell the rest of us. So, uh, but now we're starting to figure it out. But to, to, 
to get to keep you confused, you can still buy uh, a Polestar Volvo, a Polestar tuned Volvo. So, so these cars are still in production. Yeah, uh, and also you can also buy the Polestar optimization package, which is a software upgrade for your car. You can buy that from Volvo. So, and that is the business that they bought the name and the business from us. So that business is still ongoing. And it's it's very popular in in uh, some regions of the world still. So, so the, yeah, it's a bit confusing. Yes. Well, Hans, uh, we look forward to seeing you at the Quail and the uh, the P eighteen hundred Cyan. Um, I'm excited to see that car in person, and I, uh, I I I I've always you know I've said to Matt a lot in the '60s, even into the early '70s, there were these great European little sports cars with great shapes to them, but they were kind of missing a power plant and suspension and brakes and everything. All they had was like sort of a nice shape, but no, that, that was it. And, uh, it's great to see someone take this car with that always had a great shape and have it realize its full potential. Uh, website, cyan cars at C Y A N cars dot S E. You can go there if you want to uh, see what we're talking about. And uh, Hans, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you at Pebble. Thank you very much. Looking forward to meet you guys. And we will bring a second car as well. Oh, good. We'll, two uh, two posters at the grave. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Hans. Thanks, Hans. Thanks. All right. Uh, let's see, Matt. What else is going on in the real world out there? Uh Nissan's gonna, and, dr- yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, uh, Nissan's gonna be dropping their full size uh, pickup truck, the Titan, which uh, it's you know been around for a while. I guess it just didn't catch on to Dodge and Ram and and uh, and GM. Um, so I, I, Toyota's truck is doing, you know, still doing pretty well, I guess, but uh, just not gonna work out for. Or Nissan. Although I think the relaunch of the Frontier is doing pretty well for them. That's got a lot of good reviews on that truck, but ne- no more full size truck. Look, it it has always been Toyota, then Nissan. Um, when I was driving mini trucks, and I always drove mini trucks, and I I was working as a carpenter, and you know mileage and maintenance and parking and everything was an issue. I just, I was like, the mini truck is the best vehicle for what I'm doing. I would see guys come, you know, kind of lumbering up in their Ford F-250s and stuff, but it's like, I don't have gas money. And I know, like, technically it's got a bigger bed and everything, but I'll throw a lumber rack on this Nissan and I can get 10 sheets of plywood up there. And and I just used the shit out of that thing. Uh, but the Toyota was always kind of the the benchmark. And when when you looked up in Consumer Reports, Toyota was a, a better truck than than the Nissan. Not by a, a ton, but by twenty percent or something like that. But the Toyotas were expensive. You know, I don't think that people really kind of realize. Like Toyota's always been a quite a bit more, at least when I was growing up, than the Nissan was. And you know, I guess you get what you pay for, but. It is funny that all these years later, Nissan was never able to kind of quite 
keep its grip on on the mini truck market. They, you know, I feel like they had some misfires and some miscues and and what have you. But they they do it. They back in the day, it was always a great, always great, always reliable, always bulletproof, and and probably kind of the reason I'm into Nissan now is those bulletproof little overhead cam L1800 or 1600 motor pickup trucks I used to thrash on back in the day. All right. Well, well, Matt's remote, so we'll uh, cut this one uh, a little bit uh, shorter than we normally do, and we can expect Matt back in studio uh, for the next episode. Uh, Springfield, Missouri, me, Blue Room Comedy Club, July 15th and 16th. We'll do four shows, stand-up shows and live pod there. And then uh, The Stand in New York, uh, that's July 20th. And uh, Chris DiStefano is going to be there and Mark Norman's going to be there. So that'll be a fun show. Just go to AdamCroll.com for all the live shows. And the new book coming out any day now. So just go to AdamCroll.com and hit that banner. What do you got, Matt? I uh, just uh, give me a follow on social media and uh, add moderator and you know appreciate that. So till next time, Adam Carolla for Matt and Hans saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.